What made us upset this week? Something that has made me upset since it stepped onto the scene. Hamilton. The end. <laughs> I just literally just said, I, I mouthed, oh shit. Let's start the podcast with that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love this idea of coming back to Hamilton. Can I, just because I think it's a controversial first podcast to launch yeah. with Hamilton talk, let's do it. All right. Okay. So we're back. <laughs> I'm laughing because we put the theme music on top of, okay, anyway, Hamilton. <laughs> talk to me about it. Fuck Hamilton. Hamilton. Damn. Look, I know, Right. And it seemed to be like it came out and it was this groundbreaking thing and everyone was just like shook. And honestly, like, look, I fuck with High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. Love it. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea, Broadway shows are always hyped up, right? Like Cats, isn't that? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen Jason Derulo's version of Cats, but I am absolutely looking forward CGI to this unedited buttholes. butthole. <laughs> yes, <Same exactly>. <laughs> That's all I know about cats. But here's the thing about Hamilton is that everyone was just like, yo, this is so dope. It's written by a person of color and there's rapping. And ultimately I'm like, look, this is a non-black person of color using a black art form, hip hop, to tell a white person's story to white people. Because the audience of these Broadway shows obviously is not me and you. <laughs> yeah. um, and granted, when I was living in Oakland, my school got free tickets to go see Hamilton. And it was like, fine, right? But why the fuck do I need to know Hamilton's story? Like, why is that the content that we're dying for? And people, like I got into an argument once, obviously with a white person in an Uber, <laughs> story of my life um I got into an arg argument with a white person who was telling me like well Kanye West tickets are really expensive too and I like and I paid to see Kanye West and I also paid to see Hamilton and they're just as exclusive and I'm like well no <laughs> like you know Kanye you can watch Kanye perform on YouTube. You can buy his albums. You don't have to spend however many hundreds or thousands of dollars to witness this thing. But Lin-Manuel Miranda is profiting off of a black art form and selling it to white people to tell other white people's stories. And I take issue with that. Yeah, I think that's one that's super fair. It does feel like Hamilton's like a starter kit for wokeness. So it's like four years ago and everyone was like, whoa, this is so cool. What struck me was that in the in the Disney Plus thing, when they do that line like immigrants, we get the job done, everyone starts cheering, right? Like cheering mm -hmm. on Hamilton as like this like white immigrant from like this like <laughs> colony from this island and he gets to integrate. But like there is like an awkwardness to it where it felt like it was like performative. It was like, let's make, let's, let's, let's look really good optically. And I have to commend like the cast is incredible, right? Like Leslie, oh, oh yeah. incredible. Like everyone's like high end, like performers who are playing Absolutely. white actors. And, and so like, there is like things that are cool about it. The idea is cool, but 
I guess what you're saying is that there's a real flaw in being like, let's, if it's about something different that wasn't Hamilton and then it wasn't like taking an art form that's not exploiting it in a way, that's hard to, to tell the process. Okay. And white people also rapping is the last thing I want to do with anything. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with something light. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'm okay, cool. All right. Uh, were you an InSync or Backstreet Boys fan? InSync. InSync. Like almost exclusively, like for whatever reason, they were safer for me. Backstreet safer. Boys. Yeah, I don't describe it. I just felt like those guys were like my friends, and Backstreet Boys, like the the neighbors, didn't get along with very well. Like they were rough around the edges. Not even they like, wanted to. Not even like tough. I just think that like. I felt like I was like homeboys with like Lance, but then like Kevin would have bullied me in high school. I don't know how to describe it. It just didn't get the Kevin? right vibes. Kevin was like the dad of the group. I mean, I, didn't, I feel that later on, I, re- I realized he's the, he's the heart and soul. He kept them together. AJ was the bad boy. But anyway. Ugh, I had a crush on AJ. If you asked me to pick one of the Backstreet Boys, I wasn't really a Backstreet Boys fan, uh, but I wasn't an NSYNC fan either. Okay. I was obsessed with five. Do you remember them? Uh, uh, when the lights go out, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <I'm, laughs> I, my boy Ben knowledge is too intense. Sorry, go ahead. And when I say obsessed, I, like, I don't even, I have somewhere at my mom's house, probably, Lord, I hope she doesn't find these, are notebooks full of fan fiction that both I printed out and I wrote about five. Um, and I also have way too much of my brain uh, space taken up with memorizing like every single lyric that they've ever um, put out. Anyways, but not my point. The other day I made my friend listen to Digital Get Down by NSYNC. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, here's the thing. That's about cyber sex. That song is about cyber sex and no one wants to talk about it and no one said anything when it was released and there wasn't a parental advisory sticker on the album. My, my brain is starting to, to whir around the time period though, right? We didn't have like broadband. How did you do that back then? That was like two thousand. Uh, we had 28.8 dial up, my guy. So it, was, <laughs> so it was like, it was like ASL and then all of a sudden you're going into it with somebody. So here's the thing. I frequented uh, chat rooms when I was younger and had like cyber sex via the keyboard. I remember this one time. I mean, I was always 18F California. Um, And this one time, some person I was chatting with was like, hey, baby, go get your curling iron and stick it in your vagina. And I'm like, should I go along with this? So I did. And I was telling them that it felt good. But in all reality, I was like at the library in my neighborhood (laughs) on a summer day. Anyways, let me see if I can remember these in sync lyrics. Okay. I think it goes, you know what? I'm going to look them up. Yeah. And actually I probably could tell you a few of them off the top of my head. (laughs) I feel like the chorus is something around like, like digital, 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 digital get, get down. down, just you and me. I think the line is there. Uh-huh. It's, not, it's not like 20,000 miles away, but okay. I can see you and baby, baby, you can see me. <laughs> okay, but that's what I'm trying to figure out. We, 
the, what year did that come out? Because there's we didn't have like broadband or like we were we were like sending pictures. Did they invent it? So maybe it's about phone sex. Hold on. We didn't so, have smartphones then. No, I just mean like on the phone. Well, okay, he okay. says every time I'm sitting home alone, girl, I can't wait to get you on the phone, girl. So pick it up. I can see everything you do. That's Bouncing me from satellite to satellite. I love the things you do for me so late at night. So turn me on. It's like I'm right there next to you. Is this a futuristic thing? Well, that's what. So I think there's like, there's two elements here. One, in sync, and probably their songwriter, whoever this was, invented modern like web camera work right because the song oh, came in like 2001 like the song they didn't have the technology there's no there wasn't like zoom or there might have been skype hold on can can i <laughs> to the think web. in sync can i think in sync for turning me into a cam girl maybe are they the reason did they walk so i could run Um, if that's the title of this podcast, like this first podcast, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what to do with that. So going back to five and all of the fan fiction that I consumed, boy bands shaped my sexuality. I also ended up, I wrote so much fan fiction and, and when I was in high school, I even wrote good Charlotte fan fiction. So, right. I, I went from pop to Sup, Benji? pop punk. Oh my God, Benji and Joel, huh, twin. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that anyway. That's for a future episode. I'm definitely but, making you talk about the living episode. <laughs> the thing is, I ended up majoring in creative nonfiction, and now I'm wondering if it's because I read and wrote so much fan fiction as a youth. Like, are boy bands the reason I have a useless degree and am such a hoe? All right. I have no idea how long this is going to take. It could just take one minute. But something that I've noticed recently is my friends who previously have self-identified as white are now embracing other parts of their heritage. And I'm wondering if this is to distance themselves from whiteness, um, their proximity to whiteness and thusly white privilege. And and I, and I also think it's funny because we approach privilege as though it's a negative thing, right? When in reality, privilege, the word itself is, is positive, right? It's a, it's a benefit. And I think people are so quick when they're told to check their privilege or that they have privilege. They're so quick to get defensive when in reality, it just means, hey, like you have the privilege of not having to experience this negativity based on whatever part of your identity, right? And so I'm seeing my f- my friends and acquaintances latch on to parts of their identity that either I have never heard of before. Like I got one friend who has started using a like Spanish accent for certain words and things. And I'm like, yo, where the fuck did this come from? And they're like, oh, well, my uncle is from Argentina. <laughs> I'm like, all right, like, that's cool. I'm not going to tell folks how, how to identify or how not to identify. And also I have to, I have to remember that I grew up with my white mother. Right. And 
my black dad was not around at much. Um, and I spent a large part of my life ex- explicitly trying to be white, right? I, if you had asked me, do you want to be white? Yes, absolutely. Yes, because in my mind, it was a lot less depressing of an existence to be white. And I remember when I got to college, I started taking a lot of African-American studies courses. And like all 15 of the black kids in my school (laughs) took them as well. There was, there was, you know, the random class where I would be the only black person. And I'm like, Oh, this is weird. But, uh, Shout out to those classes. I took some really, shout out to art school. I took soul and country in the United States, uh, slave narrative as documentary. Uh, Fuck, what else did I take? I don't know. I also had to take this weird class where we just read letters from the, from the past, like soldiers writing to each other. Uh, Art school, now that I think about it. Anyway, Um, and the more I was taking these classes, the more I began to identify with blackness and the black experience, because also there were ideas that folks were putting words to that I had experienced that I never had the words to, to describe. And so on one hand, with these folks, I know, discovering or trying to get close to these parts of their identity. And I won't necessarily say culture, right? Because I I don't know if these folks have Argentinian traditions at home um, or in their daily life. And I, and I applaud wanting to getting, wanting to know your history, but you're still white. you're you're still white. <laughs> and it's also very interesting to see how these white folks present themselves and their identity in front of other white folks as opposed to me. And I have noticed that there is a lot of folks trying to posture or assert their non-whiteness with me. And... I wonder if that's on purpose, you know, and I, and I see them not trying to assert that part of them with white folks. Uh, what's the function? Yeah. I mean, like I see it too. <laughs> like I definitely, it's a thing. Right. And it feels like people are I like, thought it was just me. I no, I think it's a thing. I think it's a thing because you're what you nailed it. Privilege is such a thing that people are ashamed around. So you're either American or you are like denying your privilege. Like, so people mm-hmm. are leading in this like whole Trump way are like, I'm an American. And I'm like, that's, that's my defense <laughs> of being white is like, I'm an American. And they're using that as patriotism. But then like all of my liberal friends are like, whoa, like diversity is a thing. And I too have experienced diversity and like, but they put their palm out. <laughs> and I'm like, not bad that you don't get it. It's just like, I think everyone is in these starter courses and they're so uncomfortable not knowing anything about it. So like, I think I, it, it helps to feel like you're part of it and absolve yourself from guilt. Like I am seeing some of that. Everyone's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. also, I'm with you. I'm part of it. I'm like, 
Because even me, as a Korean American, I'm nowhere near uh, like involved in the in the experiences of someone who is a black American or mm-hmm. um, like just understanding that is so different. And yet I still do this thing where I'm like, Don, be very careful of like trying to like bleed your minority experience into like a different mm-hmm. one and saying that you have a commonality mm-hmm. when in truth, like I think it's happening with everybody. Everyone's like, you're feeling oppressed or there's this huge wave of like change. And I'm like, I'm part of this movement. I think my response to white people doing anything is going to be the same and that's stop fucking doing it. <laughs> you know, a, a huge part of making gains towards racial equity is knowing yourself and identifying yourself and being okay with that. Like you, you're not Argentinian because your uncle was like possibly Argentinian and that's fine. Right. How do you take up space? How do you interact in the world? And what the fuck are you doing to make this place a better place? I don't need to know that your auntie used to hit you with chunkless, like, (laughs) and that is not at all the same thing as my dad choking me out, right? Like, <laughs> Dear every single fucking white kid on TikTok making millions of dollars doing a horrible rendition of some robotic ass dance to a hip hop song, you owe the black community so many millions of dollars. Like, run us our reparations. Every white TikToker, run us our reparations. 